Welcome to the Innovation and Compliance Podcast, part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Join us every week as we talk with industry innovators who are making compliance to help business run more efficiently and at the end of the day, more profitably. Here's your host, Tom Fox. Everyone, this is Tom Fox, and I'm back again for another episode. Today, I have back with me Vince Walden uh, and at from EY, and we are going to talk about uh, a really fascinating article in the uh, kind of logic behind it that he put out in the most recent issue of Fraud Magazine. The article is entitled Machine Learning Fights Fraud Behind Cash Registers. So, Vince, uh, once again, thank you for taking the time to visit with me today. Hey, thanks, Tom. Glad to be on. So, Vince, you took or at least described a problem that has probably been around since cash registers were uh, uh, invented and probably a long time before that, which is shrinkage or uh, money uh, disappearing at the point of sale, discuss the problem from the fraud perspective, but then really put uh, a very innovative spin on it uh, on that analytics. So I was wondering if you can maybe set the problem for us before we get to the solution you outline. Yeah, no, happy to. You know, you think about whether it's retails, or large, you know, large retailers, uh, restaurants, uh, quick service or fast food type restaurants, um, point of sale monitoring has been, as you described, been around since the beginning of time and since the beginning of taking cash at the point of sale. And what we found uh, at EY is that many of our clients had been using the same types of tests and controls that were in place 10, 15, even 20 years ago and really have not really updated. While they've updated maybe their systems, they have not updated their tests and the controls uh, to incorporate some of the big data themes that include combining multiple data sources, machine learning algorithms, and predictive modeling uh, that can help kind of reduce false positives and identify more fraud behind the cash register, um, particularly when it comes to um, sort of, you know, risk ranking and, and providing a better return on investment from their monitoring. So we were uh, quite excited to when we piloted these over, over a year ago with some very large retailers, um, we were seeing their, their estimated loss prevention go from 1x to almost 3x in terms of estimated losses that they were seeing in their business, uh, which was quite eye-opening to their, uh, to the, both, not only to the loss prevention leaders, but their CFO, when uh, these these losses can accumulate up to almost one percent of their sales. So years ago, Vince, I represented uh, in litigation a company in the amusement park industry, and there they had a a stand. They called it slippage, and they had a standard rate yeah. of slippage of thirty percent in the industry, and uh, that was almost seen as your cash bonus if you were a manager uh, in any part of an amusement park. So uh, those types of numbers, though, uh, I, I wouldn't say they're catastrophic, but for restaurants particularly, which are on uh, razor thin margins, uh, that type of shrinkage, slippage or outright fraud or theft can really lead to uh, significant financial trouble. So this is a, an ongoing problem. Obviously, uh, in a rules based <clears throat> anti-fraud prevention program, you would have certain rules and then you would have controls around those rules. But where you take the article is really the next step beyond that. And that's what I found it so innovative. So I was wondering if you might describe really the 
the uh, types of control rules leading to controls and how that is not as effective as what you uh, describe um, with machine learning. Yeah, you know, most, and you know, I'll say uh, the vast majority of retailers, um, and you know, basically, you know, with point of sale systems, the tools in place are just that. Now they might have a lot of robust tests, but they are all rules-based or what we call evidence-based reporting. So, you know, show me the, show me the doc, you know, show me the number of post void transactions after a sale or most, you know, show me the highest discounts. Those are all rules-based type tests. The challenge that we've always had in whether it's retail or what have you, just in fraud risks is that when you have a rules-based test that requires you to know what the fraud scheme is in advance and hopefully guess what the fraud's going to be based on your rules. The problem with rules is that fraudsters typically know these rules and know how to circumvent them or go around them based on whatever unique situation is. Because again, they're the employees, they know the controls in place, so they try to circumvent them. And that's where machine learning really comes into play. And when we're able to ask bigger and better questions that combine multiple data sources, so not just the point of sale data, but overlay it with geographic locations, so risk ranking by store locations, and then overlaying it with perhaps HR and shift data. So if perhaps, you know, perhaps if you're a retailer or a quick service restaurant, you have timings of the shifts. Um, when you're able to combine all these different data sources, in many cases, some companies are even including video so that you can look at the video during the time of the risk or the event. Um, we found, for example, most of the fraud risk transactions or the high risk transactions, when we overlaid it with shift data, were happening 15 minutes before the person's shift end. So they would go through their day just fine, but 15 minutes before, in this one company in particular, um, 15 minutes before shift end is when we saw a vast majority of these suspicious transactions. And again, it just gives us a better perspective on the behavioral analytics, uh, not just the controls at the cash register. So you had a great quote in here um, that I'm just going to I'm going to read. And it comes, from, I think, from uh, Derek Colano, vice president of internal audit at Bloomin Brands. And he right. said that rules based ERB loss prevention platforms are like street lamps at night on a long street. The light may not cover the entire length of the sidewalk and you may still walk in darkness. Machine learning algorithms, however, serve as your night vision goggles by shining light on new patterns of fraudulent behavior as employees adapt to new controls or conduct fraud schemes in different ways. Uh, I, I, I thought it was a fabulous quote. I would have said, uh, picking up on your points, it allows you to look at multiple dimensions, the dimension of time, the dimension of geography, uh, other dimensions uh, as well. But it really seems like with uh, what you're advocating in the article for machine learning, you do have a broader uh, scope of vision. Would that be a fair enough statement? That That is fair. And, and again, it when you use machine learning and statistical algorithms, not beyond just the rules, the, the queries, um, the rules-based type queries, it allows you to ask questions of the data um, or it, it allows the data to define itself rather than you asking questions of the data. And that's a great way to kind of summarize the, you know, a typical rules-based. Rules-based test is that you have to ask the question of the data, whereas a um, statistics-based test and machine learning allows the data to describe itself. It's called unsupervised type learning. And when you're applying this in the point of sale 
context in the in the area of loss prevention, it really shines the light on areas that your your rules base is not going to see. Going back to that sidewalk analogy, you can only see so much when you have to you know when you ask the rules based questions. Um, but when you let the data define itself and the anomalies pop up um, through some of the risk scoring techniques and some of the machine learning that looks at past patterns of known fraud risks and then says, okay, go find me more like this that are statistically similar. It really shines a broader light on your risk exposure and allows you to drill down into the schemes that are driving the most risk for your organization. So Vince, one of the things that's always intrigued me simply from an internal controls perspective is that if employees believe that there are effective internal controls and there's oversight over the internal controls, just that belief alone will reduce overall fraud or corruption. Would the same be true uh, for this type of machine learning uh, control system? Yeah, you know, most folks, when we talk to clients, they believe their systems are, in fact, working and doing well. Um, and again, especially in the retail space where margins can be very, very tight, um, there's there's not a lot, you know, oftentimes there's reluctancy to change what's work, change what they believe is working. Uh, but in, in every pilot that we've done, when we're able to show them that their risk exposure uh, from, you know, you know, from the point of sale is much higher than they estimate because they're taking it from the capacity of, you know, here's our rules-based evidence-based reports that say, here's our risky transactions. When we're able to use machine learning, we're like in many cases doubling or tripling that exposure number. It's very eye-opening. Um, more importantly, though, it's not about just identifying the risk. It's about how do we mitigate it? And the approach that we've seen companies be very successful at, and this is kind of the key message for uh, either loss prevention professionals, anti-fraud or compliance professionals in the large retailers in your audience, um, is that it's not about, you know, one of the things that it does is it risk scores uh, each transaction. And of course, transactions are linked to people. People are linked to the store locations. So you can basically get a heat map of where your exposure are, you know, is by store across a country or geographic region. But more importantly, it hones in on what scheme are they hitting on. So, so many dollars are hitting on post voids, or so many hit dollars are going through excessive discounts, or so many dollars are going, you know, through other types of schemes, and you quantify that. And yes, well, in our cases, there, there's going to be people that surface through these analytics that you just got to get rid of because they're stealing from you. And, you know, there's always a top 10 list. But the objective of doing these types of analytics is not to go out and fire, you know, a quarter of your sales force who are ripping you off. Hopefully not. But um, it's not about firing those people. It's about looking at the schemes that are most high risk in your portfolio of transactions and then developing targeted compliance and communications to those individuals on a broader scale, whether that's an email communication or whether that's better improved training. And a lot of these things can be fixed just through enhanced awareness and really shining the light, doing the analytics and shining the light on what schemes are posing the high risk to your company allows you and the compliance officer to make better decisions and better communication to improve the overall kind of awareness, the anti-fraud awareness, and warn people that, hey, look, we're watching, managed watching, and we're seeing these schemes happen. Stop doing it. 
And, and we're fine. You know, that can wipe out a tremendous amount. And when you think about monitoring the dollars, uh, one of the dashboards that we put out in the article kind of has a scheme of, or has a, a dashboard that shows the total sum of all the dollars hitting on the high risk schemes in our library uh, for a particular company. There's over a dozen type scheme scenarios, for example. Each one has their own dollar amount. The goal would be let's lower that dollar amount. You know, you do it once and you get that dollar amount. That sets your baseline. But the goal is to show your CFO or show the board of directors that over time, through better compliance and better communication and training and fraud awareness, that dollar number of high-risk transactions is going to go down over time. And that's a huge performance metric for the compliance officer or the loss prevention leader to say, look, we are improving compliance over time as our transaction risk score dollar amount is going down. And that's kind of the big aha or message. Uh, yes, there's no bigger message than showing improved ROI. Um, yeah, in dollars. <laughs> in, dollar, in dollars, right. So Vince, at the end of the article, you posed uh, four questions. And when I first read those questions, I thought, well, well, these are pretty basic. But then when I reread them in the context of the article, um, I really thought it's always important to tie even the most uh, innovative tool technique or service back to the basics. Uh, so I was wondering if you might just go through those four questions and uh, uh that you ask, uh, you pose them as questions that a CFO should ask about uh, their company and, and why you think they're important. Right. Yeah. And the first one, because you'd be surprised how many people don't know the answer to this first question, which is, can you measure your annual shrinkage from fraud, waste, and abuse? A lot of companies, and these are big companies we talk to, don't have an estimate. Now, you can look at the National Retail uh, uh, Federation, and they have a report. I think it's around 1.4% on average of sales is lost to shrinkage, which is a huge number. But what is it for your organization? And so can you measure your annual shrinkage from fraud, waste, and abuse? What is that number? And then, you know, how did you derive it? How do you test it? Or do you know that that's accurate? Uh, and that's really at the core of one of these, how these analytics uh, can help you identify the, that number and then lower it over time. The second question is what fraud detection tests and controls are you currently deploying? And most folks can answer that. They have the controls in place at the point of sale, but are they all exceptions-based rules? So are they all rules-based type tests? Are you using any statistical algorithms or machine learning type uh, analytics that are kind of more evolved and more advanced that let the data define itself. So that's the second question. The third is what's your current spending on loss prevention, including your technology and your hum human costs, and can you measure the ROI? So can you measure the, the time, you know, there's obviously a lot of time and effort spent on point of sale, and typically in restaurants and retailers, that's their number one fraud risk area is loss prevention. Um, what are you spending on that currently? And how are you demonstrating a return uh, being able to measure that? And finally, the last question um, is, how's you, how is your organization using machine learning? Um, I would imagine in the marketing and sales and demographics and business intelligence type departments in the organization, they're spending lots of money on advanced analytics and machine learning. And part of our message is, hey, look, for the compliance officers, internal auditors, and loss prevention professionals out there, go talk to your marketing department. 
see what they're doing around machine learning and, and, and digital transformation um, and see what they can do in artificial intelligence and brainstorm uh, and you know brainstorm on how that can be applied to improve uh, loss prevention in your organization. Because I'll tell you, digital transformation is alive and well in the fraud risk and compliance functions of companies. We just need to think outside the box and get there through artificial intelligence, machine learning, through data blending, which is combining multiple data sources in a big data context, even to robotics process automation. We're starting to use bots now to do some of the reviews and trigger email communications automatically um, or trigger compliance risks automatically. A lot of the traditional manual tasks can be um, supplemented with automation uh, using these types of bots. So the, uh, it's pretty exciting times right now. And I would just encourage either you know, CFOs of big retailers or the loss prevention leaders, internal audit and compliance professionals, just to rethink what controls they have in place at the point of sale and how they're educating and training their team. Because if it hasn't changed in 10 years, it certainly should because uh, the technology has evolved. Well, Vince, unfortunately, we're near the end of our time, but this has been a fascinating exploration of uh, machine learning and how the techniques that uh, you brought to bear and your team has brought to bear uh, at point of sale ha have really a much broader set of implications, and I can't wait to explore them further with you. I wanted to thank well, you again for taking the time to visit with me today. Well, Tom, thank you, and I also want to thank uh, my co-author, Eric Johnson, uh, who couldn't be on, but... Uh, he also helped me write this article, and he's really leading this initiative with companies. And, uh, but I appreciate the time and the opportunity to speak with you this morning. If you're a compliance professional looking for a convenient and effective way to fulfill your continuing education requirements, go to fcpacompliancereport.com slash courses and choose from four hour-long training packages that will keep you current. That's fcpacompliancereport.com slash courses.